0: Welcome to B.I.V. Today, I'm Tyler Orton. Now, the federal liberals, they unveiled their first budget in more than two years today on Monday. April 19th, and we're seeing everything from an extension of benefits for businesses hard hit by the pandemic to efforts to offer $10 a day for childcare. But with us to hone in on what budget 2021 means for the country's high-tech innovation economy, it is Benjamin Bergen. He is the Executive Director of the Council of Canadian Innovators. Benjamin, thanks for joining us on the show today.
1: Thanks, Tyler, so much for having me.
0: So one of the things that jumps out to me here though, is I I, I sense like a very strong emphasis on, you know, clean tech, you know, the green economy here. One of the things that we saw with US President Joe Biden's proposed $2 trillion US infrastructure plan is, you know, the big emphasis on kind of the green economy and clean tech as well. I'm wondering just kind of initial thoughts here. Do you think Canada kind of realizes that if we're not jumping on board with what the Americans are doing, if we're not keeping pace, then we really do risk losing out on a lot of the kind of those positive spillover effects that we could see not only for the environment, but for the economy as
1: well? Yeah, no, very much so. So I think it's a great question. And I think if you look at it in terms of where the economy is going, this budget uh, really does two things. One, obviously works to sort of mitigate some of the challenges around COVID that we're obviously still experiencing as a country. You know, this third wave really being sort of unprecedented. And then it looks at where we're we going to go to the future. And I think your point on the uh, green economy side is, is is very much in keeping with the Biden administration, and help will hopefully be able to keep uh, Canada uh, able to actually commercialize products and get it moving closer towards um, actually achieving that prosperity through growing uh, the economy, especially sort of in the, in the green sector of things. Well, from your perch,
0: you know, over at the council, what's your overall take on how well this budget kind of balances kind of the the needs of, you know, the sectors that uh, you guys are advocating for right now?
1: Um, So the big areas that we're really seeing are sort of in kind of four key buckets. So really, uh, the way that we're sort of looking at things right now is obviously on the talent side, we're definitely seeing a real commitment by the federal government to really help Train and reskill uh, Canadians for the new economy, and so you're seeing you know hundreds of millions of dollars being you know pumped into uh, re-education programs in terms of you know upskilling um, and just diversifying uh, uh, general skills, which I think is a real positive step, especially coming out of COVID. You know, a lot of Canadians will be looking for uh, new positions, new jobs. Uh, on the funding side, you're seeing lots of money for. Uh, um, really supporting scaling technology companies, so 7.2 billion dollars in, in SIF funding, um, which is the Strategic Innovation Fund uh, for your listeners, and that's to really try and help companies scale and grow their businesses. You're also seeing funding uh, specifically, as you mentioned, for clean tech, but also for health uh, technology companies as well. You know, additional pools of money put away to, to help uh, help Canada try and expand and, and grow in those areas. And then the other two areas we're seeing um, some real significant uh, uptake is definitely around uh, access to customers. So here the government is is committing about $2.6 billion uh, towards helping businesses digitize and, and modernize their, uh, um, their uh, current uh, um, uh, structure in terms of how they're operating and, and running. And I think that will really help, obviously, uh, the economy in terms of being able to you know, be more efficient and, and really move towards sort of the next digital step. And then the last piece where we're seeing um, some real positive signs as well is definitely around uh, the government really focusing on, on IP education. So uh, intellectual property, you know, often sort of in the weeds and not sort of viewed as sexy, but that really is where wealth and prosperity comes from in an innovation economy. So by being able to train, have that expertise in IP, and, and you're seeing the government commit $75 million dollars uh, to that is a real opportunity, I think, for Canada to help position itself uh, going forward.
0: I'm thinking about some of the other incentives here, though, and they are the budget proposes a reduction of up to 50% in corporate taxes for businesses that are manufacturing, you know, zero emissions technology. And I've I'm wondering, if, like these kinds of initiatives, they are going to work with regards to incentivizing these companies to kind of pursue what I think the government wants to see more, which is kind of stuff that's going to be helpful towards the environment, while also, you know, spurring activity within the economy too.
1: Yeah. So, look, tax incentives are are a good way of getting innovators to move uh, where you want in terms of one, uh, you know, actually uh, producing um, and and adopting technologies. And so, I think that this is a good measure. I think. One of the things that we often get with these budget documents is that they're very much you know, sort of a, an outline and, and it really needs a bit more um, coloring in in order to determine how some of these uh, actual policies will be implemented. So that's one in particular where we're definitely going to watch and see what ultimately uh, sort of the, the details are in terms of how that would be effective.
0: Well, one of the things I, I, I'll pick your brain a little bit about this, kind of a, on a broader level, though. But is our efforts to accelerate the commercialization of clean technologies uh, the the angle here with regards to British Columbia in the budget? Though is that Ottawa's putting. million towards a Center for Innovation and Clean Energy that'll be based here in the province. They'll be working with uh, Victoria to get this done. But where would you say that Canada is overall with regards to efforts to really get the commercialization process going at this point?
1: Yeah, so in Canada, we're really good at sort of the um, invention uh, of clean technology, i.e. our universities are... Amazing research facilities and and really good at producing sort of basic research on these things. Where we often fall down really is in the commercialization of uh, the idea Um, and have really struggled as a country to sort of move uh, uh, ideas into uh, tangible assets, which or or IP, which can then be sold uh, globally. And so a fund like this, which is really going to try and help um, Canada commercialize its clean technology, is really critical. In order to actually pay for the social programs that we care about, uh, because that's actually how you get the return on investment, right? In 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 the actual commercializing of the actual products which were uh, which we're inventing as a country. So this is a really, I think, I think, a good step forward for the government because it does indicate that they really understand that we have to be able to um, actually produce a return on investment in order to actually continue to pay for. Uh, pay for the programs that we care about.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring up that very point because like it, it, we're in a kind of deficit budget at this point. And that's what uh, the finance minister, Christian Freeland mentioned today. So, well, let's expand kind of the revenue coming in by, you know, incentivizing these companies to, you know, do well here, you know, so it's kind of an interesting thing uh, that, uh, I, I can put my head around as well. Um, the other thing that jumps out to me, though, is, you know, a $2.2 billion being allocated for things uh, in, in biomanufacturing, life sciences. And I just think over the last, you know, maybe year or two with regards to Vancouver-based companies like you've got Appselera, you've got ZymeWorks, they're really coming to the forefront here. Was kind of life sciences being kind of like a, a forgotten child for a, a little bit too long? Are people finally catching up to just what a, a, a boon to the economy this could be moving forward?
1: Yeah, so I think very much obviously the pa- pandemic has shined the light on this sector uh, of the economy, without a doubt. And I think You originally saw, um, you know, market capital marshal towards that area in Canada. Um, Obviously seeing, you know, the IPO of uh, ABSL and some of the other companies that you've mentioned, not only in British Columbia, but also in Quebec as well. And so I think this is the government's uh, commitment to double down and to support um, that sector of the economy. So I think this is encouraging um, news because it does indicate the government understands, uh, you know, where the economy is moving and potentially really an opportunity to double down on, on winners, right? You know, we often don't want governments picking, you know, winners and losers. But, you know, we do have a number of firms in this area which have really been leading uh, globally. And so the government's commitment to this, I think, is a, is a positive step for sure.
0: Yeah, look, I, I spoke to uh, Ali Tarani. He's the CEO of ZymeWorks, I think just last week. And the conversation centered on the fact like, that the more of these kind of anchors you can get going, it's just going to draw that much more talent. From there, you'll get more spinoffs and everything. So it is kind of one of those things that just accelerates if you're getting the right kind of investment in it. Is that kind of been your experience just observing the industry?
1: Yeah, no, very much so. So I mean, having you know large anchor companies is really... Um, critical for uh, the creation of a sector in, uh, in the country, right? So by being able to build some really successful global uh, players here in Canada, that really is how we will secure um, not only those sectors, but also uh, wealth creation, right? So it really is in the ownership of the intellectual property and the data that ultimately uh, generates wealth. Um, And, you know, in a capitalist structure, it's the firm that ultimately holds that IP and that data. Um, So we have to have some headquartered companies here in Canada that are uh, really winning in in these fields in order to be generating, you know, the hundreds of billions of dollars uh, in revenue uh, in order to be taxed and ultimately, you know, pay for social programs that, that we as Canadians care about.
0: I'm curious, was there anything that was not included in budget 2021 that you would have liked to have seen?
1: So this is a very large document and and candidly, you know, we've only had sort of about an hour uh, hour and 20 minutes so far on it. So, you know, still really combing through it. But one area where I did see sort of a lack of framework or, or kind of focus was definitely around open banking. Um so Canada and Vancouver more specifically has some of you know some of the most amazing you know fintech uh, companies uh, uh, in the in 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 really the world to be to be quite candid. Um, and we have just seen sort of a slowing of Ottawa in order um, uh, to deal with you know how open banking can allow these fintech companies uh, to you know, expand, grow, and, and, and ultimately, you know, become uh, successful firms for this country. So we would have liked to definitely see the government move forward more on uh, some of the open banking consultations that they've had over the, you know, the last 18 months. Um, and uh, it not being in there was uh, was a bit of a miss for us. Is it,
0: it, the concern that like, if we move to industry just going to pass us by on the world stage when we've got other countries that are, you know, really accelerating those efforts.
1: Very much so. I mean, where you're seeing a lot of um, innovation happening in fintech and specifically is obviously, uh, you know, in the United States, you know, things like Venmo just as something, you know, easy that that we as consumers can relate to, but also in the UK as well, right? Really uh, successful firms are, be, are being generated and created. And um, there is a big concern here that the way that our banking structure is set up, that we will see uh, innovation uh, being occurring around us and ultimately, you know, lead to uh, potential um, uh, loss of uh, market share for our own Canadian firms um, and a lack of their ability to go global.
0: Just because I want to be, you know, arbitrary and reductive today, um, if you had to give the budget a letter grade uh, in terms of what it means for innovation here
1: in Canada, where, where would you place this one? So I'm not a letter grade fan, um, so I will, I will not actually take that, uh, uh, take that challenge. But look, I think that the, the positive thing that we're seeing uh, in the document is an understanding um, of the government on some of the major tools that are needed to build an innovation economy. So we're seeing that with how they're approaching intellectual property. We're seeing that how they're actually uh, even a- approaching the, the competition bureau you know, setting aside $96 million uh, to help Canada deal with, you know, uh, trust and marketplace issues, which, you know, has been dominating the world right now, thinking about things like Facebook, uh, you know, in Australia and in Europe. So I think that there's some really good um, uh, uh, steps that the government's taking. Um, and, you know, we'll continue to comb through it and, and, and let you know more of the positive results as, uh, as we determine them.
0: I'll leave you off with this one. One of the things that I think everybody's just seen as inevitable, but uh, taxes on digital services for revenue generated here in Canada we will have service taxes, you know, for those platforms, those e commerce warehouses was, you know, this just something that inevitably was going to have
1: to happen here in Canada. So, you know, it might be kind of contrary, but as a business association, we were actually in favor of the digital service taxes. They're really needed for a tax fairness um, uh, balance here in the country. So, you know, Canadian firms are already, you know, paying specific taxes. And what we haven't seen is that tax fairness to, you know, large platform uh, companies and, and other providers. And so we actually welcome this news. You know, I think it's very much in keeping with what Europe has done. If you even look at the uh, um, at the way that the uh, line in the budget is structured, you know, it's 3% of revenue for firms over 750 million euros uh, and kind of interesting that they chose, you know, the euros mark, not, uh, not USD. So, you know, I think that this very much is um, was needed and does signal that the government understands that uh, tax generation is going to, need to come through different formats. Uh, in a digital economy, uh, because the traditional, you know, income tax and, and you know, corporate tax is not really sufficient in an economy where uh, revenue uh, is generated globally and uh, you know, often isn't even created in, in uh, the domicile country.
0: Well, excellent. Benjamin, I really do appreciate you joining us and just offering your insights here on the budget that was released today, April 19th. As you say, as we're recording it, it, it's only been about an hour, so there's still lots to absorb here, Uh, but I I just want to thank you so much for taking the time. Great. Thanks so much. That's Benjamin Bergen. He is executive director of the Council of Canadian Innovators. And that is it for the show today. But we will be back tomorrow on Tuesday with more. Until then, you can can go to BIV.com. There's more stories there. There are more interviews there. For now, I want to thank everyone for listening. And I am Tyler Orton.